Paul then, in the book of Romans chapter 5, is counseling us to rejoice and uh, praise God in tribulation. Not only that, he says, but we also rejoice in our glory in tribulation. Rejoice there in glory is to congratulate ourselves, to consider ourselves so fortunate. It's almost bizarre, isn't it? But you see, Paul is revealing to us what the effect of the sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world is. Christ's sacrifice for the sins of the world is the reversal of the world order. Where death comes to the world, he reverses it and brings in resurrection for the world. Where sin comes into the world, he reverses it and brings grace into the world. Where sorrow comes into the world, he brings joy. And where tribulation seems to bring only despair, tribulation, when the resurrection of Christ is seen, brings hope and the expectation of eternal life. People need to understand that the death and resurrection of Jesus is the central point of history. It is the pivotal point of history upon which all history turns and is reversed. This is the message of the gospel. This is not something done in a corner. Oh, yes, it was done in a corner of Palestine year to 2,000 years ago, but its effect is upon all the world, for the Son of God took away the sin of the world, that harmless, beautiful, innocent Lamb, our God, who came to the world and sacrificed himself for his own creation. Now, Paul indicates, though, that there is something more uh, in the reason for praising God in tribulation, and it's this. Uh, let's read verse 3 and then verse 4. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces... Oh, the world, you see, considers that tribulation prevents trouble. Tribulation prevents progress, prevents development of society, prevents uh, uh, the advancement of uh, culture and education and civilization. According to what Scripture says here, though, it doesn't prevent, it produces. And what does it produce? Perseverance, character, and hope. Well, that's a bummer, you say. That's not much. I wish there were more than that. But if we understood the gospel and understood what God is doing for us. Perseverance and character and hope are what we need more than anything else. We need the atoning work of Christ, certainly, to uh, to co cover our sins, to bring us new hope that in him we are reconciled to the Father. But as we gain that, then through persecution... We are growing in perseverance and character and hope. But I must be careful when I say that, because persecution does not do any good, period, in itself. Persecution can only bring despair and death. Evil never produced any good in the world. But what we have here is not that persecution produces perseverance, 
but rather persecution introduces God's entanglement with it through his sovereignty and through his power and victory over Satan to produce good out of evil. You remember uh, what I talked about yesterday, that is the story of Joseph. The story of Joseph is one long tale of persecution. His brothers kidnapped him. His brothers put him in the pit. His brothers sold him to the Midianites. The Midianites sold him to the Egyptians. The Egyptians um, then uh, uh, trumped up a charge against him uh, in which he was put in a dungeon for three years. And uh, they they forgot him there. And finally, this tragic story ends up in Joseph becoming prime minister of Egypt and saving the whole empire of Egypt from mass starvation. How could that possibly be? Because According to what I said yesterday and according to Scripture in Genesis 45, verses 5, 7, and 8, and Genesis 50, verse 20, Joseph said, It was not you, so talking to his brothers, it was not you who sent me here. Do not be afraid. It was not you who sent me here, but it was God for the saving of many lives. And so you see what we see there at the very beginning of the account of God's action in history is that God intertwines and entangles his grace with the powers of evil to to redirect the course of evil, to redirect its effects so that it turns out to be in God's glory. This is why we can rejoice in tribulation also, because we know that God's entangling himself with our troubles, that God is involved in all our disappointments, all our sorrows, all our tr- griefs and tragedies. They appear uh, in uh, from the point of view of the world that has no um, uh, th- that has no faith to see beyond the visible, they appear to be intransigent evil, evil that has no reverse than to create unassailable tragedy. We as Christians know by faith that that is not the case, that everything that seems to be against us is in our favor, that all that seems to be attacking us is brought to a place where it is blessing us. Thus, as Paul says in Romans chapter 8, what appears to be the groaning of creation's death is actually the groaning of its birth pangs. That's uh, the message of the gospel uh, when it comes to the curse of the world. The gospel reverses everything. That is what we need to understand. The the, the curse of sin, the sin brought the curse of death. But in the gospel, that curse of death is reversed and becomes the groanings of life to come. Thus, when you see the world in turmoil, when you see everything coming uh, uh, apart, when you see the disintegration of civilization, you know that this is, in God's plan, the groanings of creation awaiting for its adoption as sons. Get that into your head so that you do not despair, so that you do not run to the rocks in fear, but rather that you stand in faith before God with all the hope that he has given you. Perseverance is hanging on. Jesus said, um, 
He that endures to the end shall be saved. It's not that endurance is salvation. It's that endurance is not giving up our faith in God's salvation. And that hanging on to the end and keeping going when the chips are down creates our character. Our What is our character? It is our ability to to stand before God in faith, knowing that we are secure, not panicking, not uh, running uh, uh, to the hills as if uh, we were um, uh, intimidated by what's going on, but standing firm. And that character produces hope. This is all in verse 4 of chapter 5 of Romans. This hope is not, as I've said before, it is not a wistful wish that things will turn out okay. It is an absolute certainty, a um, a fixture of certainty that we shall be safe in the kingdom of God. So then Paul says in chapter 5, verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. You see, this is where hope is revealed to be uh, an absolute certainty, a faith certainty, not a wistful thinking. Hope in the English sense of the word is that wishful thinking, but hope in the biblical sense is a, an absolute certainty. We have been given that hope, by virtue of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which is an historical fact, 500 people witnessed Jesus Christ after his resurrection, saw him. Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Has your faith disappointed you? It is time to repent. Repent of unbelief. Turn to God and say, Father, I have stopped trusting you. I have stopped believing in you. Things have been silent for me. I used to pray to you, and I would pray and pray, and nothing seemed to happen. I didn't hear from you, and so I gave up. And why did I give up? Now I see, dear Lord, because I was looking at circumstances. I was looking at specific answers to my specific prayers determined by what I would consider the correct answer. Forgive me, dear God, for I now see that your promise is based upon Jesus Christ, based upon the eternity that he has brought in, based upon the resurrection to eternal life. And therefore, dear God, I forgive me and will you allow me please to return to you because I am going to be no longer disappointed by you. I'm disappointed by the world. I'm disappointed by my life. I'm disappointed by how things have turned out for me and my family. But I am not disappointed in you, and I repent of that disappointment that I have had in you. Let me now have hope. And so that's when you go to the Bible, and you start reading afresh, and you realize, my goodness, I have forgotten these words that I learned in the Bible from years and decades ago. And now I've, uh, they're all coming back to me and flooding into my mind. And I am begin beginning to realize that I had put aside the most precious thing in the world, the Bible, the pearl of great price, that reveals the pearl of great Christ, Jesus Christ. 
Get your mind back into the Word. Get your mind back into the ways it phrases things, the ways it talks about truth, so that your mind is no longer just falling apart with the uh, acronisms and and, uh, utter foolishness of the modern way of thinking and talking and and all of this woke nonsense. Get your mind into the Word and realize again that The Word gives you a new level of thinking, a new level of understanding the world, a new passion for the world, a new hope. If you have not read the Bible recently and on on a fairly regular basis, you're in pride. You are presuming that you can survive without the words of God. The words of God are food. They are life. They are bread. They are water for our souls. Without it, I am telling you, you are starving to to death in your soul. But as you open the word and hear the words of Jesus, they are like bread to your soul. They are like warmth to your cold body. They are like water in a thirsty land. So new hope. Does not Now hope does not disappoint us. Why? Because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. You may not feel the love of God, but you can believe the love of God based upon what he has done in Jesus Christ, how he has raised him from the dead. And that action is God's passionate love for you. You never give it up and you will, through it, be brought to a safe shore. Hello, Colin Cook here, and how it happens, my broadcast to you on Monday through Friday. Thank you very much for listening today. You can hear this broadcast on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. You can also hear the broadcast on the radio at 10 o'clock in the evening in the Denver and Colorado surrounding states areas, repeated at 4 in the morning on KLTT AM 670. Would you please consider a donation to help the broadcast continue? It's now in its 26th year. Please send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.